Welcome to our first virtual combined service. I'm recording this message for the English-speaking congregation, which are now watching on Facebook. And I'll speak to the Chinese group while we chat. Our reading of the Psalms today takes us to the second of the four stanza segments of Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119 is what we call an acoustic psalm. In each stanza of eight verses, every line begins with the same letter of the alphabet. As the text is read, you will notice that in every line, the word that is what God said is mentioned either as the word, the promise, the law, the testimony, the rules, the statutes, and so on. That's referred to in every single verse. It takes literary skill to do that. The theme of the psalm is our delight in the Word of God. This is an important theme for us to remember, and more so in these challenging times, as we are not able to keep a face-to-face contact with each other. <clears throat> are we finding delight in the Word of God, or are we bemoaning the fact that we can't engage in our usual activities socially. How do we live out our fellowship with each other, as we are taught in 1 John earlier this year? These are some of the questions we need to ask at this time. We have sent out a pastoral letter. There are cards on the way, and we have the after-service Zoom contact to help us to maintain our fellowship even in just a virtual way. Before we begin, we need to remind ourselves of what the psalmist said earlier regarding the importance of the Word of God in keeping us pure and away from sinning against God. We read last week from the same psalm in verses 9 to 11, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. These are important words for us to remember and to practice. We will read each of the four sections of today's passage in turn and then I will comment on it. Each psalm in the Bible is indeed a prayer. But behind this prayer, I think, I want to make out a story here in these four sections. The first section for today tells us that we are taught and led by the Word. It is because of this we share and speak of what we have experienced. The third section tells us that in doing this, we will encounter difficulties and hardships. In these situations, like what we are encountering at this time, the Word is our comfort. Finally, God is part of us, meaning that we are one with Him in keeping His Word, or we may say that God is keeping us in His Word. This reading is from Psalms 119, verse 33 to verse 64. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. 
Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline in my heart to your testimonies, and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise, that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness give me life. The theme of this first section is this verse in 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. This section begins with the prayer of the psalmist in the first four lines. Teach me. Give me understanding. Lead me. Incline my heart. All of us need to be taught by God. Our understanding of the word of God is a given. That is a gift to us. Not the deduction of our reasoning. We are led by God and God inclines our heart to love his word. If this is so, then a mere knowledge of the word will not do much good for us unless it is God-given and taught to us by the Spirit of God, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. That being so, then the latter part of each of the four lines delineates our response. Because I am taught by God, I will keep it, that is the word, to keep the word to the end. Observe the word with my whole heart. Delight in the word and not to selfish gain. We must see this as a, we must not see this as a self-generated response because of what we know. Rather, we need to see this as a spirit-generated response because of the Spirit's work within us from beginning to end. This must need to be seen as the whole focus of our lives, that is, the Word of God showing to us the way of God. We have just been through a series of studies on the death and resurrection of Christ. If this is the central focus of our faith, then our response needs to be the new life that Christ's work secured for us. Thus, the prayer of the psalmist continues, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, and give me life in your ways. This is also a necessary prayer for us today, given the mass of fake news and speculative articles on the internet. They just draw us away from the one, who is the giver of truth and life. So the writer to the Hebrews exhorts us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2. From the initiation of our understanding to the end of our response, it is all the work of God in us. This psalm is often looked at upon as a psalm of law, but that is not exactly so. Yes, it is a psalm about the law of God. But more importantly, it is a psalm about our love for the law. Because 
the law of God is the way of God, and the way of God is to give us a new life in Christ. The law is the living word of God, the word of life, life in God. Life in God, as Jesus said, I'm the life. And so the law is the written image of God, the expression of who and what God is. That is why the psalmist says, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. It is another way of saying, I long for God. Let me, sorry, let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually, forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place. For I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. The theme of this second section is in verse 46. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. If this is the word of God that gives us life, then this needs to be shared, proclaimed to all who do not know about it. However, this should not be done as a matter of duty or as a task to be carried out. But this is done because the love of God has so overwhelmed us. So the psalmist says, Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. And this is what we preach. The steadfast love of God for his people and the promise of God to save his people from their sins. This is our gospel, the good news of salvation. This has been fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the answer we have for our world. But this cannot be the answer we give to others unless we have first believed and trusted in the word. It is not simply an answer we give, but an answer that has first of all gripped us and become the way we live. It is it is an answer that we live by and delight in. For as the psalmist says here, 47, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. Unless this is, unless this is so, then we are only giving information to others and not giving to them the word of life. It will lack conviction in our presentation. Finally, in this stanza, the psalmist prays, I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. 48. The lifting up of hands towards God's commandments is an action of prayer, but it is also a prayer for the revelation of God's way for mankind. Why did the psalmist link these two here, prayer and the law? The answer is simple. They are inseparable. When we look or meditate on the word, 
we need to pray for the revelation by the Spirit. In the same way, when we try to share the word of salvation with others, it is not our words that will convince them. We need to pray for the revelation by the Spirit to them. A sense of self-reliance does not go far beyond the four walls of the church or the four walls of our home, depending on where we speak from. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me whole. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my surgeon. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me, that I have kept your precepts. This third section tells us that we are comforted by the word. In verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise give me life. The word of God brings to us comfort, even in our affliction. This does not seem to be the way people respond today. People continue to find comfort in Bondi Beach and in social gathering. Americans are protesting against the distancing that will save their lives. They protest against their loss of freedom. A pastor in Wuhan, where the virus outbreak started, reflected on the total lockdown they had recently. He welcomed it as a breaker to the hustle and bustle of Chinese life and told his people that this time was a God-given time to quiet down and to reflect on the goodness of God. Just like what the psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46 verse 10. We can all take this time of distancing to do just that. Come to the Word and be still and get to know God. This third section of the psalm talks about the turbulence of life. The psalmist mentions the affliction in verse 50, the derision in verse 51, the indignation because of the wicked in verse 53. Of course, one is troubled by these things, but the psalmist takes comfort from God because the word gave him hope, 49. And the promises of the word of God give him life, verse 50. Again, when these things happen to us today, most people will go for counseling or see a therapist instead of coming to the word of God. The psalmist maintains, I do not turn away from your law when these things happen. The psalmist then goes on to say, <clears throat> I remember your name in the light, O Lord, and keep your law. I may take some liberty in interpreting the word night in this psalm. What we are facing today with this virus is the night time of the world. There is no magic pill or a sure remedy yet. This is uncertain time. This is also a perilous time because 
People can die from this virus infection. The world has no answer. We are thrown back onto the mercies of God. This is the night of the world when we are all suffering under a virus that we are trying to understand. At this time, we need to join in chorus with the psalmist in verse 50. This blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. We may not want to think of this time as a blessing, but if we see it as a time we have to be still and to know God, then of course it is. If we don't do that, then we miss the golden opportunity that God is giving to us to keep our social distancing for a while and get close to Him and His Word. This is our comfort, a comfort that we all need to find and experience instead of finding comfort food and finding pleasure in our holidays. In the fourth verse of the song, Abba, Abba, Father God, it says, In the night time of our soul, you have healed and made us whole. You have banished pain and dread. With your hand, our spirits are fed. In this night time that we are in, we need to use our time to discover the word, the law of God, and the blessings that it can bring to us. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the courts of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you. Because of your righteousness, rules, I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. Here ends the reading. God bless. Now we come to the last section of this psalm, of this uh, portion of the psalm. The key verse is in 58. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. We need to entreat, meaning to crave for or earnestly desire the favor of God with all our heart because we cannot accomplish all that is said here with our own effort. What we are called to do is not merely instruction like a recipe we follow for a happy life. The opening line, the Lord is my portion is a reference to the Levitical confession. And I refer you to Numbers chapter 18 and verse 20. And the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in the land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the people of Israel. The Levites serve in the tabernacle or the temple and do not have land for their livelihood. Their living is dependent on the provision of God, and so must ours be too. So long as we have our fortified houses and a healthy bank balance, we will find it hard to see that our portion is in the Lord. 
whatever we may have or not have, we need to realize that we are all dependent on God for our life and being. The word is not something that we know and keep in our minds. We must not regard the word as something external to us, even though it may be very much a part of our psyche. No, the Lord is my portion. The word is every bit a part of our being. The promise to keep the word is not something that we know and do, but something we live by because it is ingrained, or it has been ingrained into every part of our being. Well, it should. We do not keep the commandments of God in order to show that we belong to God. It is because we are already in the Lord. That is, He is our portion that we keep His commandments. And that's why in the next line of the psalm, the psalmist prays, Be gracious to me according to your promise. It is the enabling power of the word in our lives that we can go about living our lives the way God has wanted us to. And so, in the last verse for today, the psalmist says, The the earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. We have incised love from law, or separated love from law, in a remarkable way. The psalmist linked that together, just like the way he linked prayer and the word. We can go through this and many other psalms to see that linkage, love and law. This last verse is an example of that. We desire the statutes of God because he has loved us. We do not desire the word in order for God to love us. Our love for the word is not because of our goodness or our intellect. It is because the love of God has so fired us up to love his word. The love of God is abundant. The earth, O Lord, the earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. So, Teach me your statutes. Let us close with a prayer. And I want to paraphrase a prayer from Psalm 19, which is another acoustic psalm on the word. Let's pray. Revive us, O Lord, as your law is perfect. Make us wise, Lord, as your testimony is sure. Let our hearts rejoice as your precepts are right. Enlighten our eyes as your commandments are pure. Your word is precious to us and more to be desired than gold. Your word is sweeter than honey and in keeping them is our sure reward. Lord, give us the love for your word and the determination to live in them. Keep us in your word. Amen.